Girls' Night began as many great stories do, right in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee. There I was, a born people pleaser and rule follower who second guesses everything, suddenly finding myself in a brand new marriage and a brand new city with $11 in my bank account. Did I mention I just lost my job? Oh right, I just lost my job. My whole future was up in the air and I had no clue what to do next. The thing that saved my life in that season and in every season since, Girls' Nights. Girls' Nights with my real life best friends were my lifeline that year. My friends and I would pool our pizza money, maybe spring for a bottle of Prosecco if we were lucky, and then we would sit together and workshop our lives. Those nights made me feel so much less alone in my experiences, and having a safe space to process and dream gave me more than just a vision for the life I wanted. It filled me up with enough courage and confidence to actually make it happen. Some of the most influential moments in my life have happened at girls' nights, surrounded by women who have been where I am and have made it to where I want to be. Women who get it and get me and who are in my corner no matter what. Those girls' nights and the collective wisdom of the women who are there have led to some of the best decisions of my life. And that's why I knew I had to get more people in the room. Enter the Girls' Night Podcast. The Girls' Night Podcast was born out of those experiences. This is a safe place to bring the things you're struggling with, the decisions you don't even know how to begin to make, and the transitions that are just absolutely kicking your butt. It's a safe place to say what you're really thinking, how you're really feeling, how you're actually doing. And what you'll receive here is support, encouragement, and connection to other women who actually know how you feel because they've been there too. You'll also get to hear from women who can help you through this. Each week, I bring on one of the smartest women I know to chat about the topics that are keeping us up at night. We're gonna lean on the collective wisdom of women, learning from their insight and experience so that you not only know what your next step is, but you also have the support to actually take it. After all, Girls' Night isn't just about eating pizza and sweatpants with your friends. It's about problem solving. And with all the big life questions women our age are having to answer all at the exact same time, we need all the help we can get. No matter who you are, where you come from, or what decisions you end up making, you're welcome here. You'll walk away from each episode with both comfort and clarity. You'll walk away equipped to take your next step forward and encouraged enough to actually do it. Grab a seat and let's get started. We're so glad you're here. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. 
Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I am so, so happy that we get to be here together. Um, Happy 2024, happy season 19. This is season 19 of the Girls' Night podcast, which is absolutely insane to me. We are on our seventh year of this show. I just, I honestly can't believe how far... We've come, how long it's been. It feels like we just started yesterday. It feels like so much has happened. And I'm just so honored to get to be here with you and, and so thrilled that we get to sit here together and start our year together. We have some really, really exciting things coming this year. And um, one of them I finally get to tell you about and I get to tell you about in this episode. It's going to be at the end. I have, I, I would say, three giant announcements this year just it, that are going to all happen in the first, like, three months of 2024, um, things that I've been working on for a really long time that I have been 
like truly dying to tell you about. And today I get to tell you about the first one. So I'm going to try to keep my cool and keep focused because uh, there's some other things I want to tell you about first or talk, talk through together first with this being a whole new year. And then I'll get to my big announcement at the end. So I don't know if you guys have noticed this on social media. Um, I have not been on so I've been trying to be on social media less, but when I've been on it, I have seen a whole bunch of people doing like in for 2024, out for 2024. And I haven't made my full list of what I feel like is in for me and out for me um, for 2024. But I have two things that I'm going to say are out. The very first thing that I'm going to go ahead and say is out for me, and feel free to adopt this as your own, for 2024 is starting your year on January 1st. I'm I'm really a fan of a do-over. I love a makeover. I love a reveal moment. I love a like every like a turning point. Everything changed when this moment happened. Like the clock struck midnight and everything changed. I love a moment like that. Um, and so I'm really drawn to New Year's Eve day because um, it feels like this moment that is is offered to us every single year where we get to transform. The problem is I am like not in transformation mode on New Year's Eve going into New Year's Day. I like to be with my people and having fun on New Year's Eve. And so when the clock strikes midnight, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm not ready to like become a new version of myself. And because I stayed up until midnight, this year I stayed up until 12.30, just saying, like a miracle. I like, I'm totally not ready to bound out of bed first thing on January 1st, ready to either like make resolutions or start um, enacting my resolutions. And also the the weeks leading up to New Year's are Christmas. And those weeks feel like they've gotten like progressively more crazy as I've gotten older. And so there's not a part of me that's like sitting back and reflecting over the holidays. This year, we, so every year, my family lives in Denver and Carl's family is primarily based in Indianapolis, although we've lured some of them down to Nashville and actually we've kind of scattered um, in recent years, but we have two families that we want to spend the holidays with. And so traditionally, we spend like the week leading up to Christmas with one family and then either on Christmas day or the day after Christmas, we switched to the other family and that's what we did this year. Um, we were with some of the Wilsons, not everyone was able to come this year, but with some of the Wilsons uh, the week leading up to Christmas and we got to do it in Nashville, which was really fun. I can't, I don't even know if we've ever done a Christmas in Nashville because we're always going to travel to be near family. But this year, everyone was here with us and that was so fun. So we spent Christmas in Nashville and then um, then we immediately, so we're like prepping for Christmas, then we're celebrating Christmas. And then we had to pack up like the night of Christmas to go to Denver the next day. And so then we took the girls to Denver, traveled to Denver, and we spent the next like week with my family and my friends in Denver. And so that's what I was doing leading up to this new year. And so I did not wake up on January 1st, like ready to be my new self. I woke up on January 1st, ready to go back to bed. All of that to say, I, for me, out for 2024 is starting the new year on January 1st. I am rescheduling it um, if I'm allowed to. And I'm saying that we're allowed to. And really, as I've been thinking about this for myself, like I, I think that part of me has been a little bit disappointed with myself that I'm not ready with my reflect. Like I'm not either ready to reflect or make resolutions on January 1st, something like that. Like I feel like I'm starting the year on the wrong note by not being in that frame of mind when I wake up first thing on January 1st. I don't know if you've ever heard this quote. I don't know if it's a quote or a meme or just an idea in my head, but um, something about how like how you spend New Year's is how, or like how you spend January 1st is how you're going to spend the new year. 
something about that puts so, like that idea puts so much pressure on me that I just am not in a, in a place to be able to carry um, after such a crazy season and w- like on a day where I just really need to take a nap. So I don't really know where this expectation comes from. But for me, there's this really deeply embedded idea that the way that I start the year is the way the year is going to go. Um, and so every year I feel a little bit of, I feel like I kind of start out failing because I'm not ready to kick off a new year in a new way the second the, the clock strikes midnight. And so one of the things that I've been doing for myself is giving myself permission to to just change the rules because really there are no rules. Yes, it's a really nice clean start to see like the whole year change and to have a new start with it, um, a new start with a new year. But that just doesn't work for me. I'm not ready for that. Then I need some time, some space to get into a different frame of mind to be able to figure out where I've been and where I want to go. And so I've started giving myself that space. That's one thing that I want to invite you into as well if you need that space that we can start over whenever we need to. And the other thing I've been thinking about is usually when I exit one year and enter another, I'm not generally looking to start over. I'm usually looking to maybe prune my life a little bit, cut away some things that haven't been serving me as well, add some new things, but it's it's less of a black and white. It's less of a total transformation. Um, it's more like a, a tweak, a little more of this, maybe a little less of this. It's, it's usually like a, a slight change or a, let's keep going in the same direction. And in that vein, another thing that I've been thinking about when it comes to starting a new year is is January the perfect time to start something new anyway? Even if you are looking for a giant transformation, is January the moment? Um, Again, it can be if you love the ceremonial changing of the guards of um, one year into another. Like there's there's something satisfying to, to that to be sure. But I, I really wonder if this is, if we could just take this pressure off completely and, and make it so that this isn't a time of year when you have to change, but maybe it's a year where you just, uh, maybe it's a time of year where you just get to rest. I was thinking about the difference between having our lives follow the calendar versus following the seasons. And I started to think, you know, what is happening in the seasons right now? What season are we in? What's happening in nature? And I was thinking about like, in winter, everything gets quiet. Some things die, some things fall away, some things tuck up underground and wait till spring. A lot of things pause during the winter. And trees, according to one website, I saw trees bulk up on the soil's nutrients and water during the winter months so they'll have enough energy to grow buds for new leaves and flowers in the spring. Um, So it's a time of rest. It's a time of gathering. It's a time of refilling. And that's just totally not what I normally think about for January 1st. I think about like not filling up my cup, but like pouring it out immediately, like coming straight out the gate as a new version of myself, whether or not I want to or need to be a new version of myself at all. And so that's just something that I'm thinking about right now. Um, it's like halfway through January and I want to invite it. I, I want to invite you into it with me in case you feel that same internal pressure to become a new version of yourself every time a new year hits. Um, one, we don't have to become a new version of ourselves. The old version is just fine. If you need a moment to kind of stop and reflect and 
cut away some things and add some new ones, then a changing of a year can be a great time to do that. But it doesn't have to happen between December 31st and January 1st. It can happen on like, I don't know, January 15th. Sounds like a good day. But just take it a minute, you know, to to like get back in the swing of things after the holidays. That can be the time that you sit down and do some reflecting and do some planning for the year. Reflecting and planning are awesome things to do. They just don't need to happen when the calendar changes. And that's a reminder that I need. And so I wanted to pass it along to you in case you need it too. And then the other thing is, this doesn't need to be a time of transformation for you at all. It can be a time of rest and of refilling and of um, almost like being a little bit dormant. It can be a time of kind of hibernating. Nothing blooms all year and you don't have to either. This doesn't have to be the time where you're your most efficient, the most self-disciplined, the strongest, um, the most determined. This can be a time where you rest and refill and soak up nutrients um, so that you can bloom in the spring. So anyway, that's just something that I'm thinking about this time of year that I wanted to invite you into as well. So out for 2024, starting the new year on January 1st, in for 2024, having a refresh whenever you need it, and maybe using the winter to rest and refill a little bit instead of feeling like you need to become a new person. Here's the other thing. You know, as we are making New Year's resolutions, which we all know, like, don't really work, um, or New Year's intentions, or uh, choosing a word for the year, or even planning ahead, um, or making plans for the next year, I wanted to share one of the things that I have done in the last handful of years that's made the biggest difference in my life. I would say that this is probably the most revolutionary, life-changing New Year's resolution you can make. It's probably the the simplest or the easiest, but also the hardest. I'll get into that in just a second. So my second out for 2024 is trying to do everything on our own. In for 2024 is asking for help. Over the last 10 years or so, as I've been going through major um, transitions and making really big decisions when it comes to like, you know, getting married or where we're going to live, buying houses, starting and really getting, you know, gaining some traction in my career, getting pregnant, becoming a mom, like figuring out my finances, all these giant pieces of my life that I've been working on all at the same time. One of the things I've learned is that strength isn't proving that I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. And then surrounding myself with the very best people, resources, and tools possible, especially in the areas of life that I care the most about. Now, this is totally counterintuitive or countercultural. And really, depending on you know, what your family was like growing up, this may be totally contrary to the way that you were raised. I think for a lot of us, we feel like we should be able to do things on our own. And I think part of that is because, I mean, for some of us, we've been given those messages, um, like outright, that asking for help is weakness. But I think even if we didn't get those messages as explicit, even if we weren't given those messages as explicitly, it feels like somehow everyone else is managing to do things on their own. You know, we look around at the people we see on social media and in our lives and, you know, the other mom at preschool and the woman we work with and or like the girl sitting down the way from us in class or, you know, whoever the people are that we see the most often. And, you know, we have a really generous interpretation, I think, of how they're doing in life. We see them succeed at one thing, or this is, I know this is true for me. I see someone succeed at one thing and I just assume that they are succeeding at everything. It is really hard for me to picture ways that people could be dropping the ball when I see them like keeping one up so beautifully. I just assume that that's how they're doing everything in their life and that they're doing it all themselves. That just isn't true. Everybody needs help. 
Everyone is struggling. Um, everyone is overwhelmed. Everyone has too much on their plate. Everyone has things that they're really good at and things that they're honestly not good at and things that they maybe could be good at if they had enough time to really dedicate to them and things that they hate so much, they don't even want to be good at them. Everyone has those things, um, but we just don't see them as much. And so it's hard to imagine that they're there. And so I think when we look around at other people and the way that they're living their lives and the tiny sliver of their lives that we see, we just assume that everything looks as good as the thing that we see. And it's just not the case. There have been some moments for the last, our whole lives really, but for the last couple of years, as Carl and I have been trying to figure out life as new parents and, you know, adults who are in charge of like our house and flossing our teeth and flossing our kids' teeth. I'm just kidding. We totally don't floss our kids' teeth. I don't even, are you supposed to? I hope not. We're definitely not. But we just have so many things that we're balancing and juggling on any given day. And every once in a while, Carl and I will look at each other and we'll go, how does anyone do this? And the thing that we try to remind each other in that moment is like, nobody is. Nobody is doing this well. Everybody is dropping some balls. Nobody is doing every single piece of this well. It's just, it's not possible. The standard, if we're, tra- if we're expecting ourselves to be perfect, if we're expecting ourselves to check every single thing off our list and on time, if we're expecting every single corner of our lives to be like clean and in order and put together and organized and punctual and everything, like it's just not possible. And so that's something that I, I try to remind us often and Carl reminds us often, um, sort of whoever's the least stressed out in that moment will go, no one's doing all of this. It's just not possible. And that's true. No one is doing it all. You know, for a while, there was that thing going around that said, like, you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. Like, or everyone has 24 hours in the day. You have the same number of hours in your day as Beyonce. And I think that the idea behind that was like, you know, if this is possible for her, it's possible for you. The problem is that, that while sure, we have the same number of hours in the day as Beyonce or any other successful person, they probably have a lot more helpers than we do. And so they've managed to grow their time exponentially. Like they don't have just their 24 hours. They have the 12 hours that this assistant gives them and that this publicist gives them and that this, you know, chef gives them. And you know what? They have kind of this aggregate of all of these different experts' time helping them make their lives what it is. Beyonce is not doing this all by herself. Literally nobody is. And so I think, you know, one of my my goals really always, but especially this year, and especially today as we're talking about this, is to just smash, for lack of a less violent word, the idea that we're supposed to be doing it all ourselves and that we get extra points for doing it, doing it that way. Nobody is doing everything. Nobody is doing everything themselves. If it looks like they're doing everything perfectly, there's absolutely stuff you're not seeing. Um, And the people that are getting the most done are like, just everyone has help um, or everyone should have help. And if you don't have help, you're running yourself into the ground and you're still not getting it all done. And there's no prize at the end of that path. So for me, out for 2024 and really like my whole life, at least for the last decade, and I'm going to carry this forward forever, out is is feeling like I have to do everything myself and the idea that you get extra points if you do everything yourself or that everyone else is, because it's just not true. None of it's true. Um, and in is asking for help. And so that's the the kind of radical, simple, but really difficult New Year's resolution, for lack of a better term, that I want to invite you into today. If it's helpful for you, if you're trying to figure out, you know, what can I do moving forward? What can I do to set myself on a different track or to get myself better aligned with where I want to go or to move forward? You know, I've been trying, but I'm, I'm feeling kind of stuck 
I want to offer the idea that that maybe the most powerful thing you can do isn't try harder, but it's ask for help. I have a few questions for you. Uh, if you want to, I mean, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you want to close your eyes, um, I have a few questions to just kind of get your wheels turning um, about where and how you might ask for some help, okay? So one question is, what area of your life just hasn't been going the way that you want it to? In what area of your life are you having a hard time getting to where you want to go? What area of your life have you done everything you know how to do and it just hasn't made a difference? You're just not getting there. That is a a perfect place to ask for some help. Maybe the game changer this year will be trying harder or getting a new calendar or um, reworking your plan a little bit or waking up extra early. Maybe that is the ticket. But I know for me, the biggest leaps in my life have come when I've asked for help. And so if, if you're feeling stuck in any of those ways, asking for help is an incredible next step and something that you can do right now, today, that will really, I would argue, change everything this year. Um, you'll walk into 2025 so different because you stopped trying to do it yourself and you brought in people who maybe know how to do this better than you or um, maybe they don't even know how to do it better, but they're not you. And so they have a different take on it and they're able to um, speak into your problem or, or see see elements that you haven't seen before. Again, because they're not you, they're not as in it. So that's those are just like a couple questions to ask yourself. If any of those things are true, if you're feeling like you just cannot get to where you want to go. You've tried everything you know how to do. This area of your life is not changing or turning or shifting the way you want it to. And you've tried everything. Ask for help or ask for help again or ask for help from someone else. Invest in help. Sometimes help isn't free, but it's worth it. Or at least I would ask you if it's worth it. Is breakthrough in this area of your life worth what it would cost to to get it? And I mean, the answer for me has always been Yes, especially with the areas of my life that are the most important. So here's another version of asking for help that's available to us. Close your eyes again if you're not driving. What do you hate doing? Is there anything in your life or your relationship or on your calendar that you just really don't want to do, but you have to do it? Can you ask for help with that? That's a really, really powerful thing that you could do this year. My best friend hates doing laundry. She hates it. She hates it hates it. She dreads it up until it's time to do it. While it's happening, it's like, okay, you know, at least the like, you know, putting it in and moving it to the dryer and taking it out part. But then the folding she hates, the putting it away she hates, and then she dreads it all over again when it's time to do it again. And in different seasons of life, we can all afford different amounts of outside help. We can all afford to delegate differently. Sometimes we can't afford to delegate at all. I think sometimes we can a little bit. Like maybe you have $100 a month that you can allocate to either help cleaning your house or um, help picking up groceries or dog walking or, you know, doggy daycare or childcare or something. And, you know, I think traditionally we have this idea of where that money should go. There, there are paths that seem more like a given, you know, like maybe we've always, maybe growing up, our parents had someone come in to help clean the house. And so hiring a housekeeper is like not out of the realm of possibility for us. But something we can do this year is is look at what's on our plate. And if there is something that we are outsourcing or something that we're paying for that isn't making that big of a difference in our life, 
My question would be, can we reallocate those funds? Can we take that $100 and put it towards something that really would make a difference, a major difference in our quality of life on a regular basis? So for my best friend, she doesn't dislike cleaning, like cleaning her house. It's therapeutic for her. She doesn't mind it. It's not a task that she dreads. But again, she hates laundry. And so a question, if you're anything like her, would be, how much does it cost to have someone do your laundry? And now I know it's a weirder thing to outsource. Like that's not a thing that everybody does. But if you have $100 and you get to decide how to spend it, you get to decide how to spend it. That also goes for, you know, if you're spending money regularly on something else. Maybe you twice a month get your nails done. Well, that's potentially $200 a month. What could you buy with that $200? Is there something in your life that you dread that really takes up a huge amount of space or frustration or causes like arguments in your relationship? Like, I mean, laundry can really cause arguments. Um, And is there a way for you to make that easier? Is there someone that you can ask for help to make that easier? And you don't have to know the answer to the question yet. One of the things that I've been practicing in my life is walking all the way down the road and actually seeing what the options are before you try to make a decision. So if you don't know how much it would cost to outsource your laundry or to ask for help with that, you can't You can't say that it's not an option. Actually finding out what your options are, what they cost, what they would take, and then making decisions from there. But that is something that you can do in 2024 is ask for the help that you need. And you can get creative about what that looks like. You get to decide what that looks like. And if there's something in your life that causes you as much frustration as laundry causes my best friend, you can outsource that. You can or at least find out what it would cost. Here's another area where you can ask for help. And this has been hugely game-changing for me. Is there an area of your life where you want to grow? You want to grow faster than you are and you like just genuinely don't know how to do it. Um, A handful of years ago, I was feeling that way when it came to my work. I was feeling kind of stuck. I was feeling like I had sort of reached the end of what I knew how to do. And, you know, I was reaching for other, like I was learning, I was listening to podcasts, I was, you know, reading books, I was practicing skills, I was doing all the things I knew how to do, but I wanted to go beyond what I knew how to do. And I, I just didn't know how to do that. And so the thing that I ended up doing for the first time ever was I reached out and asked someone to coach me. It was someone in my field. It was someone who was like really ahead of me, knew people I didn't, had experience I didn't have, um, had skills I didn't have. And uh, I asked her if she would coach me. And it was, I have to say, it was not cheap. It was not a small investment. And I went to go work with her in person for several days. And so that cost a lot of time as well. It like, it really was an investment But I got so much out of that weekend with her that was even beyond what was on her website. I was able to, she was able to like take a look at the way that I run my work life in just an everyday way. She found some um, inefficiencies. She's like, why do you, why don't you just have a template for that? You really rewrite this email every single time you need it. Like, that's crazy. Have a template. And even something as small as that, someone looking over my shoulder and asking me a question about the way I do my work was enough for me to go, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, how many areas of my work am I doing this? Doing the same thing over and over and over again when I could just do it once and save it and have that task be done forever. She was able to introduce me to some people that I that were also able to help me. My amazing podcast editor, which shout out to him because he's watching this and editing this. Um, I met because of her and our accountant. My goodness, small business accounting is a world in and of itself and taxes and 
all the things. It is so confusing and has and caused our family, specifically Carl, because I have no idea how to do it. So much like anxiety and strife in the spring. Um, and then so so being connected with this, the, this accountant was like truly life-changing for us. And it was because of this weekend. Um, and so that's another thing that I just want to throw out there is, is there an area where you're looking to grow and grow faster than you are? I would say, reach out to someone who's ahead of you and see if they'll coach you. Um, even if it's a, you know, a paid thing, I think it's maybe even better if it's a paid thing, because I don't know, it's, it's more clear what the transaction is. You're not like, you know, stealing their family time or anything. You like, I don't know, I, I feel like it's easier for me to receive what they have to give me when I know that I'm giving something back, if that makes sense. But you have no idea what ideas or connections or introductions or inspiration or like you just have no idea what will come from that investment in yourself, from that step forward. And really, like there's a lot we can do on our own but we really only know what we know. We can only go as far as we know how to go. And so it's really helpful to have someone who's been further to like grab us and like yank us down the road with them. And that's what she was able to do for me. And so if you are looking to grow in any area of your life, it could be fitness, it could be a hobby, it could be work, it could be um, your faith, it could be like your relationships, it could be any area of your life where you're looking to grow investing in some coaching, like getting together with someone who's further down the road from you is a really powerful way to like catapult yourself forward in a way that's really hard to do on your own. So that's another way that we can ask for help this year. And then the last thing, you know, we talk about this all the time here on the show is counseling. One of the places that we, you know, most of us spend time stuck is in our heads. Um, It's in our hearts, it's in our heads, it's in our past. It's walking through life, nobody gets through unscathed. We all have things that have affected us, that have impacted us, that have hurt us, that have bruised us, that have caused us to like scarred us. So we act differently in the world to, you know, prevent that from happening again. And those are really hard things to, to coach ourselves out of by ourselves. Like there's definitely some stuff you can do and, you know, journaling and reading books and, and, you know, self-talk and all these things are really, really great things that you can do for your mental health. But one of the most powerful things for me has been inviting a professional into my head with me and having their help getting unstuck in some ways that I've spent my whole life being stuck. Again, you know, depending on your background, depending on your family, depending on, you know, your corner of culture that you live in, the idea of therapy may be totally normal or maybe like, I don't know, like we're pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, figure it out, suck it up kind of people. Regardless, this is an option for you. I mean, easy for me to say, both my parents are psychologists, so we grew up talking about mental health a lot in my house, but it is, it's an option for you. If there are ways that you operate or things that have hurt you or places that you consistently get stuck or ways that you're, you know, constantly compensating for your for for something or trying to protect yourself that ends up totally sabotaging the progress you're trying to make in your life, those things don't have to be there. They don't have to, you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to stay stuck. Um, and you don't have to figure it out by yourself. Uh, my best friend just recently got her license in counseling and she just finished grad school. She's officially a therapist now and watching her go through the process of education, like, you know, 
being educated in this way, getting this degree has given me just an even further respect for what mental health professionals are able to do. Like they, you guys know, I am the biggest fan of sitting down with a friend over coffee but therapy is different because it's like they know the terrain of inside our heads better than a friend would. They're trained in that way. And so that means that they're going to know, they're going to know what like obstacles to look out for and how to get around them. They're going to have tools that we don't have. They're going to have science we don't have. They're going to have resources that we don't have, ideas that we don't have um, because of the way that they've been trained, because this is, this is their thing. It's like going, it's a, they're, doctors. They're going, you're going to a specialist for your brain. And so the things that they're going to be able to do to help you heal and thrive in your mind are going to be different from what a friend can do over coffee. And again, I would say we need both. But if there is an area of your life where you're feeling consistently stuck, therapy is just, I would say, the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself, for your relationships, for your work, for your future, for your kids. I think going to therapy, specifically, I can pinpoint in 2018, the year that I spent in therapy every week was like the best gift that I could have given my kids. And my kids weren't even, they were a twinkle in my eye at that, at that moment. But really, when I think about the best gift that I've given them, like it probably was the therapy I did for myself that year. So that is my last idea for, for a way that you can ask for help this year. And again, like I said, this is sort of the easiest, like to check off a New Year's resolution that you could make, but also a really hard one because it's hard to admit that we need help. It's hard to ask for help. I'll never forget when I realized that I was really struggling with anxiety and depression in 2018. I remember calling a like psychiatrist's office because I was like, I think I probably need some medicine at this point. Um, and I'd really been resistant to that. I thought, you know, I should be able to fix this by myself. It took me a long time to get to the point where I was like, no, this is happening. This is bad. And I need some like medical, chemical help for this. And then the first office I called didn't have space for me. They were not taking new clients. And that is so just discouraging just a kick in the gut when you when it's taken so long for you to ask for help and then help isn't readily available. And so I just, I want to share that, that you may have to try a couple times. You may have to um, look around a little bit, but it's worth it. It's really, really worth it to ask for the help that you need. And um, I would argue that your whole year and potentially your whole life could be different because of it. You do not have to walk through life by yourself, any of it. And I hope you don't try because it's just so much better when we do it together. And when we get to pull from the collective wisdom of women and professionals, and we're just able to go so much further, so much faster than they, than we would be able to if we were trying to go by ourselves. Um, and so that's the invitation I have for you this year. That's um, not the new thing I'm doing this year, but the thing I'm just continuing to do this year. Uh, not, I guess, the the flashiest New Year's resolution, just let's keep doing this. But that's that's what mine is, is let's keep doing this. One resource I wanted to share with you that I know I've shared a bunch of times, but I I just, I need everyone to know that this is available is um, if you are looking for help with your mental health, if you're looking for the next step when it comes to counseling or therapy, you can ask around, you can, you know, Google, you can, you know, ask your friends for recommendations, you can ask at your church or your 
you ask your doctor. You, I mean, there are a bunch of different places that you can ask for recommendations, but a place that I really love as a great starting point is BetterHelp. We've been talking about faithful counseling for years on the show, and faithful counseling is a part of BetterHelp, and they've actually just merged. So faithful counseling and BetterHelp same thing now. When you get on BetterHelp's website, you can say, if you're looking for a therapist that's a person of faith, you can just like check a box that says, I'm looking for a person of faith. Um, and it'll direct you to the same place that the Faithful Counseling website would have. But the reason that I love them is because it connects you. It's just a really, really easy way to get started. You can do therapy online. You can do it from the comfort of your house in your pajamas. Um, I actually do virtual counseling and I love it. Um, it's been so powerful. And um, there's something to be said for being in person, but it's like I've gotten so much out of my time with my therapist the last couple of years and we don't meet in person, we meet virtually. So you can do it from your couch. You do, it's easier to schedule that way. Um, you're connected to a really large pool of licensed, like vetted professional mental health professionals. And so there's just this like extra level of vetting that you don't have to do that's already been done for you. Um, getting connected with a therapist is super easy and it's fast. And then also if you don't like the person you're connected with right away, you can switch by like truly clicking a button. And I love that because I think when we finding the help we need is hard, especially when you need help. It's extra hard to try to find help when you need help. And so it's like trying to find a doctor when you're sick. You're like, I wish I did this not when I was sick. But if you you know, are connected with someone that you don't necessarily like, you can switch really easily instead of having to go through the work all over again. And so I think sometimes we stick with a counselor that isn't the best fit for us because it's easier than switching or it feels easier than switching in the short term. Um, but I love that with BetterHelp, um, you really can make that switch super easily. And so you can find the person that's right for you and best for you. Um, and that's where the best therapy happens, I believe. Um, and then the other thing is that it's significantly less expensive than in-person counseling. Um, BetterHelp is cheaper and they also have financial aid available, which is just awesome. Um, and perks of being a podcaster, we have a promo code that you can use that'll give you 10% off your first month. Um, and so to get all of that information, um, if you go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling, that's where all the information is about BetterHelp. And again, Faithful Counseling is part of BetterHelp. They just sort of rolled up under them. And you can, on BetterHelp's website, you can say, you know, I really want to meet with a counselor who's a person of faith. Great. Um, that's all available there. But all that information is on a page on my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling. And on there is a link for 10% off your first month. And I just, I wanted to, I'm so glad that I get to partner with BetterHelp. And I'm so, I've been doing it for years. And I'm so passionate about it because I know how hard it is to get help when you need it. And I just want every single woman to have access to the help that she needs. And this is like just such an easy way to get started. And so anyway, that's why I just want to make sure that you guys know that it's an option for you and it's always an option for you. And um, I'll just share about it as long as I need to, to make sure that every woman has access to the help that she needs. Life is just too hard and too important and too beautiful to try to go through by ourselves. So let's go through it together and let's ask for the help that we need, especially this year. So that's really just what I wanted to share with you for this first episode of the year as we're you know, kicking things off, getting into a new year, an invitation to start it slowly, to have this be a time of rest, not of becoming a new version of yourself, um, but then also like a really easy but powerful way that you can take a big step forward in your life. Get the help that you need this year. Um, I'm going to, and I hope that you do too. 
So before we finish up though, I wanted to take a second to just give you an update about Girls' Night. Kind of a State of the Union Girls' Night edition because we are making some really, really exciting changes around here. And I've been dying to tell you about them. Um, But I also want to bring you along in the process of what it's looked like and kind of tell you what's happening and why it's happening. Because, so story, the very first podcast I ever listened to, I loved. I felt like I, the host and I were best friends and I instantly became best friends with all of her guests. I just loved it and I was so connected to it and I could have recited every word of her intro paragraph. I could have sung the theme song. I like, I was so invested in this show. And one day she changed the music for the show. Now, listen, that should be not a big deal at all, but it kind of was. And all of a sudden it was like my home got redecorated without telling me. And like, listen, she is under no obligation to give me any sort of heads up before she changes music. This is silly, but like also it's not, you know, it's it's when something that is really familiar and really important to you becomes less familiar, that's jarring. And so I want to, you know, to avoid that, I wanted to give you guys just kind of the backstory on what I've been thinking, on what we're changing, why we're changing it, why it's so exciting, um, because I want you guys to be with me every step of the way. If Girls' Night feels like home for you, I love that and I want it to stay that way. So here are a few of the things that we are changing this season and why we're changing them. So backing up a little bit, I think I said at the beginning of the episode that Girls' Night has been around for seven years now. That's crazy. I'm so proud of this show. I love the episodes that we do. I love the guests that we have and the conversations that we get to have. Um, And I feel like that has stayed consistent throughout the seven years. But something wild happened and changed in my life a couple years ago and took a lot of my time and focus and energy and heart. Um, And that was having my kids. Um, My girls were born in 2020. And I mean, it's been the biggest transition of my whole life. And that's been texting. It's I, I just have less time and less space in my brain and less freedom and less um, ability to record podcast and less uh, a little bit less creativity than I used to because it's just my my heart is needed someplace else in a way that it wasn't before, and so you know I'm I still love what we've been doing on the podcast. I love the episodes and the guests and the topics we've had, but I feel like my ability to do those episodes justice is what has taken a hit. There are so many weeks that I put out an episode that's that I'm so proud of and don't share about it. Like I don't send out email. I don't talk about it on social media. I don't like, I don't tell anyone that the episode has happened. I've been really consistent in getting the episodes out, but I just don't talk about them. And I feel like I've really done the show a disservice in that way. Like I've sort of capped out what we've been able to do at girls' night because I haven't been able to, because like, it needs more than I can give it. And that's been the case for the last couple of years. And so in the vein of asking for help, I am so, so, so excited to be teaming up with some people that I just admire like crazy. Um, And they are going to 
help us with the show. They're going to be on my team. They're going to be in my corner. They're going to um, do some of the things that I'm not good at. Some of the things that I maybe could be good at, but totally don't have time for. Um, They're going to come in and fill some of the gaps that I can't fill so that we really can do Girls Night Justice and like take it to the level, take it to the next level. 